Welcome to the show, everybody. Just making some last-minute adjustments here. Hey, I'm back. I just put a tie on. And Nick is back. He just did the herd. So, right? Yeah. Why'd you look at me so no, upset? No, I just was waiting for you to say first things first. The show that something has Nick back. Okay, good. There we go. On today's show, LeBron vows to play every Ooh. game this year. Play of the game right this there. This year? Is this a good idea, and will it be enough? Answer, no. You know, once upon a time, Tracy McGrady won a dunk contest for that. It wasn't the dunk contest. <laughs> In the All-Star game. was the first to do it in the All-Star game. Packers reportedly disgusted with Aaron Rodgers. And he gave him $59 million. Why this story doesn't make any sense. And finally, a musing on Mac Jones that people are taking far too seriously. (laughs) Oh, they're taking it very seriously. Is he headed to the Raiders? Oh! Some smart people had going to the Super Bowl. Oh! Strong maybe. Alongside Nick Wright, I'm Kevin Wilds. Bro, do you have anything nice to say about Mac Jones to start the week? I think you will be very pleased with my Mac Jones. Excellent. Wow. Thank you. Say that, yes. That's Absolutely. great. We're in for a great show that back. Week. Thank you. Let's we'll start with Good Russell week. Westbrook back in Los Angeles. This time he's going to be wearing a Clippers uniform. Ooh, Reunites with Paul George, who he played with in OKC. Let's take a look at their numbers. They both had 24 points. Uh, they both had a field goal percentage around 43%. Okay. Full screen's right there for you. Take a gander at. Broussard, I'm going to start with Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Nick goes through. Nick goes through. Let's start here. Let's start there. And I get it messed up. It said brew. If looks could kill. It just is so easy. It said brew. I wrote brew and you tried to make it all inaudible. Go ahead. Okay. Better be good. So, the idea of signing Russell Westbrook is... You have championship or bus aspirations. You have two stars in this league who could be arguably one of, if not the best duo. However, they both have injury and load management issues. So the days they're not playing, he can, you know, create the energy. Yep. Also, an extra punch to potentially they're off the bench or when one of those guys isn't in there. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's back at home where he wants to be. Sure. And this is exactly what the Lakers just tried, and it was a total disaster. So, Brew, we're in a weird spot with Russell Westbrook, where whenever he gets criticized, people are like, he's an amazing father, husband, and tipper. It's like, me too, but I would be a disaster for the Clippers at point guard. Russ, I had him on my 50 best players last 50 years. I had him 35th. Head of Gary Payton, head of Steve Nash, head of Clyde Drexler. I think he is currently getting been unfairly maligned like retroactively acting like he was never a quality player like he never aided winning when he did however right now this moment there is no version of Russell Westbrook that helps you win a championship and this is a baffling unforced error by the Clippers who uh, up until 24 hours ago I would have said this Clippers team given the uncertainty of the West was the best position they had been to make a real championship run since Kawhi started the New Balance ads and the new King of L.A. And now we know this won't work, and I don't know why they did it. I beg to differ. Oh. Wow. I like it. You like really? I like it a lot. Where is it? Absolutely. Someone call Antoine. Absolutely. Get Twan. Twan. <laughs> I know Twan loves yes. it. Yes. No, this is good. Why? They're, I assume. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I think they're going to bring him off the bench. I think they sat down over these past few days and talked roles. Well, they Okay, I think that's what convinced them that he would accept the role they wanted and he's going to play it. And look, we we all knew from the moment the rumors started that he would go that LeBron wanted him in LA. We were like, that can't be true. That's ridiculous. Why? Because LeBron is ball dominant. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard aren't ball dominant. And furthermore, I think Nick, he's coming off the bench. Now, I know Terrence Mann isn't a, a true point guard, but they've been playing without a true point I guard. I don't think he's coming while. off the bench. Well, what? we'll see. I think the best thing to do is have him come off the bench. Okay. Ten, they've won 10 of their last 14 with Terrence Mann running the point in kind of a point guardless operation. Okay? They moved up to the fourth seed. I think Russ coming off the bench is great because he brings energy, he brings toughness, he brings grit, just like Kawhi, and I I think that they're dangerous now because of him. Here's the other thing. They spread the floor, and everybody just about 
is shooting 38% or better from three. Kawhi and Paul George and Marcus Morris, 38%. Terrence Mann is like 39%. They've got the shooting to put around him. So did the Rockets. The, the key out of – And it well, was they, a disaster. First of all, they did all right. With, they, they went about as far as they could go. They lost to the Lakers who won the championship that year. And, and Russ actually played well, particularly in the second half of that season – I think Russ has been unfairly maligned with the Lakers. I like this move, Wilds. I think after Phoenix, now Phoenix is clearly the class of the West, or they should be. I think the Clippers have as oh, good a chance as anyone else wilds. of coming out of there. Okay, so Woj's report says uh, that they agreed to join the Clippers. So if he had a willingness to fit into a clear and specific role built around playmaking, uh, you, you know, win some, lose some there. <laughs> Rebounding and toughness. So yeah. I don't think he's going to start. Well, the, I also don't think he's going to play. The Clippers no. reporter for the Athletics said that the, the first few games he will come off the bench with the expectations that he will eventually be their starting point guard. So here's go, what I, look I if he starts. Here's what I don't want. He can't start. Here's what he, I don't want. He can't. Him finishing. I'm more worried about him finishing than starting. Because if, if he's finishing, you don't want the ball in his hands because he's a poor decision maker. And if he's not with the ball in his hands, can he I can't ask a very shoot. Quick question. They're not yeah. guarding him, so no. okay. don't finish. He if can we, start if all he none wants. of us think that he's going to be part of your most important unit, none of us think he's going to put you over the top, why is it worth the risk when it absolutely could disrupt things? When you maybe it wasn't you if it disrupts him, things, there's how quick. many games left? No, but if he comes in there and he's a mess, get rid of him. Bye. Okay. I, I You're just, not paying him any money. I don't think he's a bad guy at all. I think he is a broken offensive player in today's NBA, and he's on his fifth team in five years, and they're relying on him in the playoffs. And even in his he did day, well in Washington. He was a historically inefficient postseason And he did performer. well in Houston. Not in the playoffs he didn't. No, not, but he did spot what he in does. the playoffs, but that's – but that's what they're bringing but him in for. But those are his teams. He'll be fine. Russ. Okay. I believe him. <laughs> I mean, believing in everybody. It's recently. early, but I mean, it's, it, nice. it's not time for the Meanwhile, in Salt Lake, LeBron upped the ante on the Lakers season and vowed to play in the remaining 23 games. Take Ooh. a listen. 23 of the most important games of my career for a regular season. And uh the type of mindset that I, that I have and um, – I hope the guys will have coming back off the break. I want to make a push to make the playoffs. And I don't I don't want to see myself not being part of the postseason for two years straight. It's just not part of my DNA. You know, we sit up here talking about the record and things of that nature, and that's all cool, but I'm more passionate about trying to make the postseason and give ourselves a chance to compete for another Larry O'Brien trophy. So um, that's just who I am. That's what I'm cut from. Um, so, you know, um, I hope I can – you know, figure out a way to just make sure I'm available on the floor every single night for these 23 games. Okay. Broussard, we have three questions you can answer. You can take your choice. Okay. Should LeBron play the 23 games? <laughs> Could LeBron play the 23 <laughs> games? And will he play the 23 games? Any one of those you want to answer? All of them are pretty close. The yeah. same answer. Uh, no. Okay. All right, I, I want 20 games from LeBron. Oh, 20. 20 out of the 23. I would be tickled pink if I get 21 or 22. Okay? If I, if, what is this? Tickle pink. Y'all, y'all too young. Y'all, y'all, give me I the know, young folks be soft. No, but, no, but, no. Look, I, I think here's what's happening. It would be the bee's knees if you played all 23. I think LeBron James is sending a message ah, to one Anthony Davis. Davis. That's that. the right LeBron's take. smart enough to know he doesn't need I, – I want a game or two off from LeBron. They have three back-to-backs. Yeah. So maybe he sits out the back-to-backs, plays right. 20 of the 20. Uh, he could do that. But <laughs> Anthony, he's sending a message to Anthony Davis that you need to take this attitude I'm about to display. You need to take it, AD. And here's why. One, AD's young, right, 29 years old. Two, AD – this summer is going to be interesting. You talk to some people around the league, they they saying that Dallas, number one objective this summer, Kyrie Irving for Anthony Davis Ooh, and a like sign that and trade. Lot. That's what that's what the scuttlebutt is around the league. Oh. It, it might be it might be Kyrie and Christian Wood or something. But if AD doesn't ball, if AD can't go these next 23 games or so and play great and get them at least into the play-in then the Lakers might look at something and like that by, if you get a big with Kyrie. By the like way, that. Anthony Davis is the perfect compliment to Luka. 
The Ukraine. Oh, yes. The I, I totally perfect agree. Oh, that would be to nice. Luka. Oh. Evan Mobley would be like my second pick as far as long term because similar things. Oh. We don't have to talk about that. It or Kevin Garnett if we can get a I time machine. Ooh. It would be. Other than KD, you're right. No. No, AD not Kevin Durant. I said phenomenal. Kevin Garnett if we can get oh, a time Garnett. machine. Okay. Stylistically, that's either here or there. So, about LeBron. I agree with everything Bruce said except for the tickled pink stuff. I totally disavow that Yali. phraseology. Uh, I absolutely think this is. Him talking to Anthony, saying, hey, man, you, we can't have any games the rest of the way that both of us miss. Right. I'm going to try to be there for all of them. I don't think it is realistic for LeBron. And people, we're going to talk load management, I understand, later in the show. And people are like, ah, Nick, you have a double standard for LeBron and for everyone else. He's it's 38. not true. I have a double standard for LeBron, Katie, and Steph. Those are the three players in the league that are in their mid to late 30s in LeBron's case who have played a ton of ball, mm-hmm. who I think it totally makes sense for them to miss time. Maybe Kawhi as well just because he's so injured. So injured. Everyone else is in a different situation. Anthony Davis is in that different situation. We need you to play. They, I think they need to go 14-9. and nine. To guarantee themselves a spot in the plane. Because that'll be 41 and 41. And I would be shocked if that doesn't at least get you in the plane. And I, LeBron, to, we saw that Anthony Davis, and I didn't know about this league scuttlebutt because I'm not on the official voter group yeah, chat scuttlebutt. that Brew's on. Voter. But <laughs> Anthony Davis, something happened with him and his mentality right before the LeBron record-breaking night, which also was right around the trade deadline. What? You don't buy that? And no, I don't buy that oh, at come all. On. I, they should have been. I, I just, days. you know, nakedly speculated that his name came up in Kevin Durant trade rumors. That when they were calling about Kyrie, they're like, "All right, you don't want to trade his Kyrie right now, but what about AD for Kevin Durant? If you want to do that." Uh, I have no basis for that other than he just started playing oddly, passively, seemingly disinterested. Yeah. But then the final game before the break. 28 points, 70-plus percent from the field, five assists, got to the line more than he had in the previous game. It's like, oh, that version of Anthony Davis, plus the LeBron that we've had all year, assuming he plays, that, that Lakers team can go 14-9. and nine. What? Because it doesn't happen. Yes, the best of everybody <laughs> is always great. When my kids are on perfect behavior, they're perfect. But you know what? Then the iPads come out and all heck breaks loose. Like, I don't think we can judge, like, perfect LeBron, healthy, perfect AD are going to be great. I think, I just don't think. So you don't have them making a plan. Well, here's the thing. They've got the 25th easiest schedule. But, But the odd wrinkle in that is. Some of the teams that are considered easy teams, when you look at have the graph, records in the Lakers, Thunder well, and the Jets, yeah, have are better they than have them. To catch. So yeah, it's like, Shea, oh, these are the Shea easy is games. Going after LeBron, I oh, do you buy that? that. Why? Yeah, I buy that. Because LeBron blocked his shot. Oh yeah, he's mad about. He said, that. "Oh, you're not playing defense till I go to the hole." Yeah. Okay. I like that. I got something for him. Oh. A little bit, of, a little bit of defense. I like nice. it. I do. Uh, Tatum won the All Star MVP after pouring in 55 points during this glorified shoot around. Coach Mike Malone. It's an honor to be here. Didn't love it. We got a little sample there of somebody. Take a listen. <laughs> well, Mike Malone said. He's called it the worst game that's ever been played that he's ever seen. Yep, hold on, we're here laying out. Here comes Mike. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be a part of a, a great weekend, great players, but that is the worst basketball game ever played. How do you fix it? Uh, I don't know if you can fix it. Okay, Nick? Yeah. Mike Malone says it's unfixable. Do you agree? I don't know that it's unfixable, but I know why it's happening. And everyone in the media today is going to blame the players and blame the generation when everyone in the media should be blaming the media. Because we have, for the last decade, made everything about sports binary and only about the ending. Count the rings. Did you win a championship? Championship or bust? And now we're shocked... When the players understand, okay, those are the stakes. You want me to play a back-to-back? Why? All you're going to judge me on is how I do in the postseason. You want me to care for the All-Star game? Why? All you're going to judge me by is how I play in the postseason. Across sports, you want me to be engaged in the Pro Bowl? Why? All you're going to judge me on is how I do in the postseason. And then we act shocked when the players act like, Nothing matters but the postseason. You guys mock me for talking about regular season accomplishments. You guys mock me for talking about AFC title games. But it's all part of the journey. It's, and every step of the journey at one point in time was celebrated. And guess what? When that was celebrated, Brew, these all-star games kicked ass. 
These all-star games, Brew, they were competitive. Guys cared back when, as you would say, men were men back in your day. <laughs> but now that it's all count the rings, guys have said, okay, I get no credit for this, so why would I put myself out there? So if we want guys to care, then we in the media have to not simply say, whoever won did, the championship did great, everyone else failed. And whoever, whoever ends up holding the title had a successful season. Everyone else had a bad season. Okay, that's Vince Lombardi. Why do I that's feel like me. this is a Jordan-LeBron debate? Well, no, sky? it's not. But it is because <laughs> of the Jordan-LeBron debate that we got here. Well, no, because it's not just the six rings. But here, here, look, I agree with a lot of what you said. I've said that on my radio show, The Eye, a couple 7 to 10 Eastern, yeah. Monday through Friday, um, on Fox Sports Radio. Yep. But here's the thing, Nick. I, I'm, I'm going to push back a little because you make a good point, and that is some of it. However, you are still rewarded for the regular season. You still win MVP awards, and we know how much those matter. You still get All-NBA. You still get All-Star Team, Defensive Player of the Year, all that stuff. Secondly, it's your job. How about some professional pride? Agreed. How about if I'm making $20 million a year, or even $10 million, $5 million, whatever, I go out and put in a hard day's work, especially for the fans who really are paying my salary at the end of the day. So I think that's some of it, too. And then I also think this is not entirely new, people looking at the ring. Jordan used to get criticized sure, early in his career yes. because he, oh, you're not like it's Magic not and like Bird. It's never put up all these numbers. But I, do you agree now? It is when we were. I think there's some truth to what the, you said. The, yes. can, can we just quickly throw up? I don't know if we have time. I know it's cross sports, but it's the same thing. The Brady Mahomes graphic for f- the first five years. Because I was just just follow me on this. Because I was all week. I said that I think Mahomes just had the best five year stretch to start a career, and I was far and away in the minority. But if you look at it, it's not even close. Right. Except what? Three Super Bowls. Exactly. <laughs> But still, so, so, no, that is the but, ultimate goal. But, but that, but ultimate goal and only are different things. And we are we have become to a place where we treat it as if it is the only. And the players, we can't be surprised, Wilds, when they act accordingly. Let, let me say this, Wilds. Here's the when, when we speak about this All Star game. Here's why it very well may be unfixable: the style of play today. Back in the day when the game was more centered around the paint, okay, if guys weren't playing hard on defense still, when you drove to the basket, guess what? There were men in the lane. Oh, so see, that, like there that. was some resistance. Now, be, and I'm not criticizing today's style. I'm just saying because with the so floor spread, open. either you take a wide open three or if you don't, you drive. There's nobody the, there. And if how, there's one guy there, he's what? letting you go by for a dunk. Just, Do you know that 94% of the shots attempted – in last night's game, were either a dunk, a layup, or a three-pointer. Of course. I'm shocked there wasn't 100%. But that's, but that's why, in the, you know how they talk about adding a four-point line? They got to go in the other direction. All-star game, no three-point line. All-star game, no three-point line. I bet the game play improves a bit. In, Let's in do, it would I want to do more of this that's later on in the show, Pubs. I'm pretty, we're going to change the form. Oh, wow. Okay. That's my tease. We're going to do more of this later on in the show. Next, yeah. that, that, Mac Jones. I didn't even get to. I got much when I talk too much. There. <laughs> he didn't get to get to. Well, I had a lot of. <laughs> okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. 
Oh, welcome back to a great Monday show. You know, Albert Breer was musing. It wasn't a report. It was just amusing. <laughs> that Belichick was less than thrilled with Mac Jones. Oh. And theoretically, maybe it was amusing. It was kind of just talk show fodder <laughs> that he could be open to trading Mac Jones, maybe to the Raiders, maybe not, because Josh McDaniels is there. Mm. Again, Brew, you know how it is in the offseason. You put out kind of an informed idea, and next thing you know, it gets aggregated, and people are saying this is a report, and it's not necessarily true. So, Coach Mangini is here. <laughs> Good. Hey, Coach. That's just to give you we a full We haven't seen you since I Super Bowl. Know. Just I know. real quick. Is there anything you want to say? Uh, it's good to be back. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's uh, fine. Didn't go the way I thought it would. It's good to be back. Uh, Let's talk about the Patriots. Okay. Nick, would you like to go first on this question? I highlighted, should the no. Patriots trade the baby goat? I mean, you wanted to read this. And no, I, I just, no. The, you, you in the meeting literally said, well, write whatever you want, Hubs, but I won't read that. Well. And yelled at our <laughs> wonderful producer, Stephen Hubbard, when he put this question in there. So I just want you, listen. What Albert Breer, what you're calling musing, I amusing. call very informed reporting because he is Ooh. reporting what my old gut instinct told me all year, which is that Belichick doesn't like the way Matt carried himself this oh, year. Oh, heaven forbid. That Belichick d- didn't like the fact that the offense seemed to be you know, handcuffed and then the two games they were explosive was when old Zappum was in there and that there isn't a big gap between them. So that's what I already thought, and I didn't have the sources when Albert Breer. You're the one, though, that's tied yourself to this guy. Yeah. So what do you think of it? Well, here's what I think, Broussard and Coach. Mm. And, Coach, I'll, I'll address you because I know that you value development I do. of players. I do. Now imagine – I'll just pick something random. I got a beautiful little plant from the nursery – uh-huh. Nurse? This is a serious topic. <laughs> I got a beautiful little plant. In year one, I watered this plant, and I gave it sunshine, and I gave it a good playbook, and it started to flower, and it made the playoffs, and it, it hit the gritty in the Pro Bowl. And then year two, I said, I have a new idea for this house plant of mine. I'm going to put it in the cabinet and put little pieces of glass in it and orange Fanta. And then, should I be shocked when it doesn't flower and bloom purposely? And when it doesn't, whose fault is that? Is it, is it the plant's fault or is it my fault whose responsibility it was to have this plant bloom and, and become... How many trademarks did the plant file for? for <laughs> <Plenty>. Probably <laughs> not enough. So that's what was frustrating to me. And any talk were like, well, Belichick, he didn't like the way... Mac Jones, you know, did this to Matt Patricia and kind of mouthed off a little bit. He was right. He, Robert Kraft had to step in and be like, hey, by the way, let's move on and bring in Bill O'Brien so we have a new offensive coordinator because our offense was no good. So I don't know what we're supposed to be mad at. The guy was great the first year, didn't get an offensive coordinator, got pushed to the ground by Chandler Jones, <laughs> and then got Matt Patricia gone in a new uh, OCN. So I, it would be foolish for us to trade him because his lack of development is on the coaching staff, mm. not him. Mm. That's, the, that's my take. <laughs> that's a great take. That is. So I, I don't know where Albert got this from because I doubt anybody in the organization is talking specifically about Mac Jones's relationship and, and his relationship to, to Bailey Zappi from a, from a talent standpoint. But I do think when you talk about gaps, you've got to talk about what, what gap are, are we looking at? Are we saying that these are two players that aren't very good and there's no. a very small gap between them? Or are we saying that, the, that they're both very good and there's a very small gap between them? You've got to really look at the ceiling as opposed to the gap and which one has the better chance to grow. And I, and I do agree with you, Wilds, that he did a lot of good things his first year, a, a ton of good things that you could, could be encouraged by. They spent a first-round draft pick on him. They experimented with, a, with an untraditional way of running the offense. That didn't work. They bring back Bill O'Brien. You've got to give that guy a chance. You've got to see whether Mac Jones can be more in line with what he was as a first-year player or whether he is what he showed this past season. So I, I can't imagine they would trade him. And just because Josh is at in Las Vegas doesn't mean that he necessarily wants him either. I think that's just a convenient place to to push the narrative. I agree with you guys, and I think Nick will even like this point. Oh, good. What did Nick do with Trevor Lawrence after his first year in a sea of dysfunction? He gave him a mulligan. 
You said all oh, that doesn't even this count. Is a great take, bro. Great. I think Mac Jones, Nick, should get a mulligan great for take. last year. And this is take. not second guessing. I said it as soon as they hired, yes. you know, uh, Patricia and Judge to run the offense. This is lunacy. And that's what it was. And I say now you got Bill O'Brien, but don't just – I don't know if they can do this, but you, you've mentioned it. Go get him a receiver, Thank too. you. Hello. Okay, just because Tom Brady could make great players out of mediocre but, ones doesn't mean every can quarterback I, can do it. Can we get him a legit can, receiver? Can, real quick, before we move like on. Like a number one. It's like old presidential debate. You invoked my name so I get to respond. <laughs> I, the, the, the distinction here is, and the reason Wilds should be terrified of this, is – the reason I gave Trevor Lawrence a mulligan was he was on this one trajectory his entire career, had this horrible year, and then resumed it. And all of the smart football people said, this guy could be a star. The reason the Mac Jones thing should be terrifying is all the smart, smart football people said, limited upside, will come in pro ready, and then will almost instantly reach his ceiling. And what did we see? People. We saw a limited upside, and we saw – is that did, – did this year well, not the, go exactly the way I told you? Those same smart p- football people uh-huh. had Zach Wilson going second in the draft. No, and Trey they Lance, didn't. Who couldn't beat out – No, they yes, didn't. Yes, they did. The smart football people Nobody love loved Trey Lance, and they love Zach Wilson. Well, not and I, I think Bill Belichick, you could argue, was a smart a football smart person, football. And, and he felt there was upside. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Mac, don't try. I believe in you. <laughs> uh, free agent Derek Carr. Visited the New York Jets, had dinner or lunch. Jets looking for a new quarterback after giving up on third overall pick Sam Darnold for second overall pick Zach Wilson, who they then soon gave up on as well. Brew, would Derek Carr make the Jets a playoff team? No. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> okay. Um, the AFC is so deep. My goodness. It's That's hard right. to predict for these teams that will be grouped together. But I'm leaning, yes, I think they'll be much better. All right, Derek Carr, coach, has never had a defense in his nine years with the Raiders in the, within the top 20, okay? Now you're talking about a top five defense. You're talking about a great young receiver in Garrett Wilson. Assuming they get Brees Hall back, you're talking about a good running back. Like, they do need to improve the offensive line. But I think Derek Carr is the way to go for them. Aaron Rodgers would obviously cost more. Mm-hmm. You'd have to give up some draft picks. Go it's get Derek older. Carr. He's much younger. He could be your quarterback for the next four He's not years. He's currently sitting in darkness. Yeah, right there you go. The I, I think Carr is the way to go, and I do think they'd have a great shot. They could be the second best team in that division, depending on they what happens. They could be the best team in that division. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off that, and, and let's take a look at, at the numbers because you talked about how bad – that, that defense was that he dealt with. So this is over over, um, over his career. Over his career. That's okay? not good. Wow. So these are the defenses he's dealt with. Last yards per game, 29th yards per play, 30th pass to ease, 31st sacks last. So you've got that. And now fast forward to where the Jets were last season. Now you're talking Pretty about good. fourth, fourth, second, good first, graphic. seventh. So when you when you transition into a, a situation where you don't have to consistently carry the team where the pressure's not all on you and where it's it's complimentary football, it's a it's a totally different equation. And he's never experienced that, right. but he's still had a, a, a decent level of success. I think he's a, a good person. I think he's a good teammate. He's looking for a long-term situation as opposed to Aaron Rodgers where it's going to be very short-term. And where it helps the Jets is they don't have to give up draft picks. Yep. And they're going to have some certainty as to what they're paying the quarterback position mm-hmm. so they can plan for free agency in a different spot yeah. than wondering you know, what they're going to do right. at the, the biggest position uh, of need and the biggest position on the team. They, they had a bottom three quarterback situation in the NFL this year, and they were you know, en route to making the playoffs until the final month. They have the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year, and a guy who could have won offensive rookie of the year got hurt and then in Hall, and he'll be back. Like, yeah, I think... They absolutely, to me, I'd pick them to make the playoffs if, with this roster if they got Carr. And you said there's – I don't think – I'm not saying I'd pick them to win the AFC East, but they, they they absolutely would be in contention with Buffalo depending on what both teams do. There's a lot of offseason to go. But, yeah, I mean, they, they, got, they, they got negative value out of this position last year. If you just get a league average quarterback, and I think Carr's slightly above that, I think they could be a dangerous team. And what are you doing with Zach Wilson? Do you keep him on the team or do you got to – well, well here would be the great thing for Zach Wilson in that spot is at least he'd have a veteran 
that he could sit behind and, and learn from where and, and look, I know that they had some veteran leadership later in the year, but he didn't start his career in, the, in that situation. Mm -hmm. So maybe being able to sit back, take some time and, and learn from someone when he gets his next opportunity, he'll be in a much better spot. Okay. Coming up next, uh, we're talking about Eric Bieniemy going to the mm. Commanders next. First things first. Uh, after five years as offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy now going to the Commanders. Bieniemy had several interviews for head coaching positions over his career, most recently with the Colts this year. But after being shut out, has made the lateral move to the Commanders. Coach, are you surprised by this? Yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing that that a person in 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 his situation, which you would look at and say, this is the dream job. You, you've got you've got a great quarterback, you've got an explosive offense, you've won two Super Bowls, you're you're in a position to, to keep winning for a long time, would would have to move from the team he's with to go to another team that has an unsettled quarterback situation, a, a real tentative coaching situation in order to try to create opportunities for himself. The the level of frustration that he must feel to leave what what should be a wonderful right. scenario and go to such an uncertain place, it's, I mean, it's got to be hard, really hard for him. Uh, so, listen, this show, I think, is behind inside the NBA, maybe for most smiles per minute, we try to have fun, we try to laugh <laughs> a lot, we literally employ a guy who goes by the clown on, you know, on YouTube and Kevin Wilds. <laughs> He's the funniest man in sports <laughs> television. We, this is not one of those topics. Uh, and I understand there are some people in the audience that are far, far more bothered by accusations of race playing a factor in things than they are by actual racism. And that's pretty bothersome. But let me just give you the facts here. Uh, you can't get the job because Andy Reid, and everybody knows Andy Reid calls the plays. Well, that didn't hurt Matt Nagy. Right. That didn't hurt Doug Peterson. That didn't hurt Andy's last uh, offensive coordinator in Philly. So what do coordinators, offensive coordinators of Super Bowl teams do? Well, the Chiefs have been a contender for five years, so let's use that sample. 2018 Super Bowl, Patriots, Rams. Well, Zach Taylor went from that job to a head coaching job, and Josh McDaniel now has a coaching job. What about Kansas City, San Francisco? Well, that was Eric Bieniemy, and Mike McDaniel was the lead guy in San Francisco. He now has a head coaching job. Now, to be fair, Mike McDaniel's biracial. But I'm not sure people knew that until after he got the job. And he certainly, I don't think, dealt with the assumed, if we're being honest here, a lot of the problem is a lot of the white decision makers don't think the black guy interviewing for the job is quite smart enough to get the job. I don't know if Mike had to deal with that. Next Super Bowl is Kansas City, Tampa. Neither one of those guys, offensive coordinators, have had coaching jobs. They are Eric Bieniemy and Byron Leftwich. Eric just had to leave his job. Byron just got fired from his. The next one is Cincinnati and the Rams. Now, Callahan hasn't gotten a job yet, but it looked like he was very close this offseason. Kevin O'Connell, of course, does have a job. And then the Super Bowl again. We have Eric Bieniemy and Shane Steichen. Eric Bieniemy now has had to leave to go get a chance and Shane Steichen, of course, has a job. And it's god-dog embarrassing, bro. And the very simple answer is a lot of even well-intentioned white people deep down somewhere, whether they recognize it or not, don't think the black guy's quite sharp enough. Mm. You can coach my running backs. You can fire up my defense. You can do a lot of things. But offensive coordinator is kind of a thinking man's job. And we don't think Eric can do it. And it's amazing to me that it was, uh, he was a terrible interview. He kicked ass in that interview for the OC job, evidently, though. Got that immediately. So, listen, I consider Eric a friend, and this sucks, and so I'm a little biased here. But the, it is, this is mortifying for the league that all the offensive masterminds that go to the Super Bowl for five years get jobs, except for him who's been there three times and left which. It's mortifying. Well, you just spelled it out. It's racism. There's nothing else to call it. All right. And here's the thing. And I, I've been saying this, you know, to on our radio show to African-Americans. This last Super Bowl, we had two black quarterbacks for, starting for the first time ever. How many years? Most of the the overwhelming majority of the NFL's existence Blacks were told you're not smart enough to play quarterback. To play quarterback. You can't play quarterback. So now we're being told you, you really can't coach. There's four black head coaches out of 32, including Mike McDaniel. And so I've been saying, look, whatever we're told we can't do, don't let that hinder you because 
Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes are just one of many proofs that we can do it. But I'm going to say this, Nick, because a lot of people will equate it, Coach, to the field. Well, you know, which is roughly 70% African-American in the NFL. This is the difference. On a playing field or on the court or in a ring, boxing ring, on a track, it's objective. Even though quarterback wasn't for a long time. But for the most part, it's objective. You put two guys on the field, and it's obvious who's better. And if you want to win, which your job is based on, you got you can't worry about the color. Black, white, green, yellow, red, whatever. I'm going with this guy because he's better. In corporate America and in corporate football, hiring in the front office, hiring head coaches, it's subjective. There's more people that can do it, and coach, it's not obvious Who's better? Who's going to be better? Who's more qualified? It's completely subjective, and that's where African-Americans get stiff. And that's why the resume, I know it's never been like you have to meet all these qualifications, but the resume is important because, I mean, they just hired Jeff Saturday last season, who was a broadcaster. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they keep, like you said, moving the goalposts. That's why the resume is important because if it's not like some set criteria, then African-Americans are going to keep getting the short end of the Well, the other fact is the decision makers don't exactly know what they're doing. So... Eric Bieniemy interviewed 16 times for 15 teams. He interviewed with the Jets twice. And this is what Roger Sherman wrote. Only three of the 16 coaches picked over Bieniemy since 2019 have made the playoffs, while seven have been, been fired. fired <laughs> so you pass on Eric Bieniemy for somebody else, and then you end up firing that person. So I guess the question, we can, we can kind of button it up here. There have been a several lateral moves. Dusty looked it up. LaFleur was Rams OC to Titans OC to Packers head coach. Um, Gase, which I don't think, you know, not a great coach. Broncos OC to Bears OC to Dolphins head coach. Bruce Arians, Steelers OC, Colts OC to Cardinals head coach. Do you think this lateral move is actually no. going to work? No, I, I hope it does. Or deliver but no. a head coach. But I job. know that, uh, that, that on this Chiefs, during this Chiefs run, Mike Kafka is now a hot head coaching candidate. He reported to be enemy, then got hired out to be, I think it's with the Giants as the offensive coordinator, and now he's getting head coaching interviews. And when the Chiefs kick ass next year, you know what a hot name's going to be? Matt Nagy. He, you know what I'm I mean? Back. He failed in Chicago, got that experience, and it's just... It, it, and it, the, the last thing I'll say is this. I do not think the majority of these, even necessarily any of them, are like, I'm not hiring him. He's a black guy. I don't think it's intentional knowing racism. I think it is ingrained, subconscious thoughts of, gosh, it's a lot of game planning. A lot of real hard analytics stuff. I just, something tells me he can't do it. And he gets passed over again and again and again. And it sucks, man. I'll leave that there. Um, well said. Uh, coming up after the break, we're, we're going to talk about laugh. fixing Spin the all-star. <laughs> Spinning polar bear. Okay. Fixing the all-star. <laughs> Next, first things first. <laughs> Potential three-time MVP Nik- Nikola Jokic was picked second to last, maybe, as he sauntered over to Team LeBron. He didn't mind, <laughs> supposedly. Take a listen. Did you walk on to Team LeBron? No, I just didn't. I did. I thought I was last, and I just stood up because I thought I was last, and I felt it bad, especially now when we lost. So. Are you a bit surprised to go number seven in the draft? No, I will not draft myself either. I'm, I'm not meant for this game. I mean, that's go ahead. That's fine. It's fine. Listen, Jokic is about probably about the seventh, sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh best player in the league. It. I mean, for me, Giannis, Luca, Steph, Durant, Embiid, yeah, then, then we can talk. That's fine. The, the problem is not that he's back-to-back years the seventh pick of the All-Star Draft, which actually means you're like the ninth or tenth because obviously the captains would go before you, and this year Steph and Durant weren't even playing. That's not the problem. And the problem isn't that if you, you had to list five guys to go get a bucket, he maybe makes it at the end, but maybe not. And if you had to list 15 guys to stop a bucket, he doesn't get it. The problem is he is weeks away from joining Russell, Wilt, Kareem, Moses, Bird, Magic, Jordan, LeBron as three-time MVPs. That's the problem. It gets worse. The, back to back. Well, back. Forget even three in a row. Forget the fact that we had the dignity when Kareem was running roughshod over the league and he had won back to back. And they're like, ah, eh, 
I know he's averaging 30, 16, and 5. We'll give it to Dave Cowens, who averaged 20, 15, and 4, because we don't <laughs> want to zone in three in a row. But it is just so frustrating, Brew, that a guy who his peers, the retired players, and the history of the NBA would say, okay, he can't win his third straight MVP, that, that you and I get called the wrong ones for saying that stuff should matter a bit when it comes to this year's MVP. That's all. Well, look, I, I've been on record, I said last week, that I think Giannis is the MVP right now. Now, we'll see what the injury does. Yeah, he, sure. If he misses too many games, he won't be in the running. <laughs> but it's no big – Jokic is not built for the All-Star game, especially the way it is now. I'm sorry. Like, the, this game is all driving to the basket and dunking and hoisting up bad three-pointers. He does neither of those. This game isn't built for Luka. Luka had the same four points that, Jan, that Jokic had. But why was it – was it built for Embiid? Because the thing – Embiid is a little more athletic than, uh, than Jokic, and he shoots he, – they both can shoot, but he'll shoot more shots than Jokic does. Like, Embiid likes to shoot. Jokic, I don't think he shoots enough for the, for the Nuggets. Well, so, in a game no. like this, that's a Wouldn't catastrophe. have the highest PR ever if he so I, yeah, it's, shot. It, it's no – I mean, this game was – Mike Malone was right. It was the worst game well, okay. played. But last year's was the worst before well, this one. Now, last year's – Wilds, do you think it's something? I think it's something that maybe it's a flaw in the game. If you're game saying, like, the back-to-back MVP is not, and he's saying it, is not built for the game. Luca's not built for the game. DeMar DeRozan's not built for the game. Well, maybe there's something wrong with the game then, the game flow. If the only person that's built for it is Ja and, I don't and know. Jason Tatum bombing three. I just Jason look at, Tatum was shooting it every time he touched the ball. That's not Jokic's I just, mindset. I just look at the other guys who ever won three straight MVPs, and I'm like, oh, they would have. I bet they would have gone before seventh in this year. Yeah, draft. Larry Bird would have done well. Larry Bird, Magic, Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Wilt Russell. They'd probably go, go pretty high in the draft. I don't know. What do I know? Right. I divorced it from the MVPs, but you got something. Go okay, ahead. yeah. So this is Mike Malone on the game that Broussard is calling a catastrophe. <laughs> Take a listen. It was. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be a part of a, a great weekend, great players. But that is the worst basketball game ever played. How do you fix it? I don't know if you can fix it. Okay, so I took a try at fixing the All-Star game. Oh. And this is the first thing I would do, Broussard. I have three fixes. Okay. The first thing I would do is I would say, like, hey, let's look at the old All-Star games and kind of get one central concept for to everybody to agree on. And that agreement is resistance and defense is what makes the All-Star game interesting. So I just pulled a little clip from the 2003 All-Star Game. It's Tracy McGrady having to put a move on somebody. He has to put a move on Duncan. He has to get past Duncan, which makes it interesting. And then Yao is there to defend the shot, so that was cool. Now Duncan throws, oh, it gets stolen. Now it goes to Iverson. Iverson's like, oh, I got Tim Duncan there, so let's go back, and he gets hit and goes down. That's in the first quarter. The score there is like four to eight. Mm. So it's the idea that if the, the game is actually about showcasing your skills, you need the resistance. Otherwise, it's like juggling on the moon. It's not impressive because there's no gravity. It's like, oh, look at this. Like, yeah, it's easy. The chainsaw just, just come kind up of with float. that juggling, juggling on, the moon? on the moon. Yeah, I had one about being like nude in a nudist colony. Like, oh, that's <laughs> you need some societal resistance. Yeah. No, you're Our, right. Because oh. a dunk in a game is it's only way good better. when you dunk on something. What are the other two? Are right, the other two? So then, the second thing I do is do an actual. Don't just look at the rating because people argue about the ratings like, well, cable subs. And when you look at this, do an actual review with fans of like, hey, did you like this? Was, did this put the game in the best light? You said it's a catastrophe, but, just, you know, do a full on thing. And then third, take that info and share it with the players. And make the players stakeholders sit down with the NBA PA, sit down with LeBron and Giannis and say, hey, we've tried a lot of these things. We've tried charities. We've tried the Kobe ending. We tried the uh, draft that took a half an hour. It's like, hey, it's going to be like playground. Like, okay, hey, you two here, me, you good here. Well, no, but no, oh, no, hold on a second. Uh, John Morant still got it wrong. But make everybody stakeholders like, hey, what is the best way that we can showcase the game on a huge stage because that's not it you can't have everyone dissatisfied and if the players need more rest if like you're saying sure then let's extend the rest 
So to have a real game that everybody can be happy with. I was frustrated with it, but I don't want to be a hater. I want to be proud of, part no, of the look, solution. I think you, you tried. You tried. My hardest. All right, but the, it's the nature of today's game. And I remember specific, because I've been going to All-Star games since the 90s. Really, that's true. And the nature of the game today, I remember when it really went south. And I watched an All-Star game, and I was like, this wasn't really even basketball. And how do you even pick an, an MVP out of this game? It was 2015. Was that the Anthony Davis? No, this oh. was when Russell Westbrook won oh, the yeah. MVP at Madison Square Garden. It was just a it was the first time I believe they shot over 100 threes. And when the three-pointers become too many of the shots, the game loses. There's no mid-range. There's no flow. There's no defense. And like I said earlier, the floor is too spread. You saw that I think they, clip you yeah, showed. I think they had to do some Everybody's drastic. in the paint. Like, go the absolute opposite on scoring. Like, it's first to 100 wins. Sure, and, I like You know that. what I mean? And just have guys really lock in. I think you got to do something drastic. Take out the threes, do something, because that ain't going to cut. One little highlight that I did really love, um, Jalen Brown versus Tatum. Yeah. That was like a was nice cool. little yeah. like Isaiah Magic, right. like let's go at each other. It was people really trying. Yeah. That was the highlight for me. That was it. Uh, Packers disgusted by Aaron Rodgers. Why? I don't know. Next, first things first. As we celebrate Black History Month, I'd like to celebrate Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali had a famous quote, Fault like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Rumble, young man, rumble. Muhammad Ali taught me so many different things. He taught me to fight for things I believed in. He taught me to treat others with respect and love, no matter color, race, size. Muhammad Ali will always greatly be missed. The one thing he also taught me and inspired me to be is be a true champion. He talked about he wanted to be the champion the way he wanted to be, not like the people wanted him to be. And that's one thing Muhammad Ali taught me, and I always remember that. Rest in peace. Welcome back to a big Monday show. New report. Packers are, quote, disgusted and done. <laughs> wow. Sounds like a lot. Wow. <laughs> With Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, guys sitting in the darkness and has to come out and catch up on his shows and also see this report. <laughs> Nick, is it time for the Packers to move on? I Listen, for our audience, and we appreciate those of you who are there that were watching 45 minutes ago, I would like to note, that when Albert Breer mildly <laughs> criticized Mac Jones, Wilde prefaced it with it was amusing it was. and it was speculation <laughs> and everything. And when Bob McGinn, who, by the way, has covered the Packers for literally longer than I've been alive, takes a blow towards Darren Rodgers, Wilde <laughs> reads it as such. No, which, I, listen, I appreciate that. Here's the thing. I think they're done. I think they know they're done with him. I think the most interesting part of this coach is we all at this table agree he's not retiring. However, I think we all agree he is, all, he is untradeable until he announces, I'm not retiring. Because right. no one's going to trade an asset for him. And then he's like, oh, okay, I'm retiring. When he you know, comes out of the cave and clears his eyes and whatever, and then even if he – we know when he goes on McAfee – McAfee, probably in a tank top holding some type of sporting good, is going to say, so Aaron, did you see this? They said they're disgusted with you. Don't you think it's on the board that Aaron then's like, okay, I think I'm going to wait a little longer to make my decision. I think I'm going to wait a little longer. I, you know, I'm t- I'm t- I might need to go on a six-day darkness wow. retreat. Mm. And so I think this is bad news for the Packers, but I do – I fully believe, through one way or another, Jordan Love is going to be their week one starting quarterback mm. next year. I think when you've gone through life and you've had Brett Favre and then you've had Aaron Rodgers, that you sometimes don't know how good you've had it. Well, and you don't appreciate – look, there's stars that are quirky. There's stars that are, are difficult to deal with. There's CEOs who are like that. There's all walks of highly successful people that are quirky and and, and – it's worth dealing with it, and, and you better understand how different it's going to be when you don't have that star in the building anymore. And you've been spoiled for so long with great quarterback play 
that that you don't appreciate what life is like without great quarterback play. So you might want to go back and say, I didn't say those things, or we didn't say those things. And I didn't re- say I was absolutely <laughs> Reevaluate re- your position here because life without a, without someone like Aaron Rodgers can be really difficult. Well, look, I agree with you because they've had 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. But Unbelievable. Right. And, and, and you'll put up with all of the madness as long as he's still playing at a Hall of Fame level. And I don't think it's a coincidence that now after the worst season of his career as a starter, they're coming out with this stuff. So I think they're like, look, he's no longer worth all the headaches that he gives us. I he think was that's the MVP two years yeah, ago. Yeah, but he's 39. MVP five years See, ago. See, but that's the thing. He's, he's saying that. I think he said on McAfee, like, just like people were writing me off a couple years ago and then Matt LaFleur comes in and I'm the two-time MVP. I don't think he's doing that at 39. But Everybody's Wild, not going to be Tom Brady. Wild was so happy because Mac Jones made the Pro Bowl as the fourth alternate. You know yeah. what I mean? This guy was yeah, the MVP. But the, the expectations. The expectations. I, 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 I do. Nick, you mentioned the report. The, the report also said, now this part is hard to believe, that they think Jordan Love is Aaron Rodgers 2.0. Okay, well, now we haven't heard that. And they said that the report said if Rodgers does come back, guess who's starting? Jordan Love. Okay. So can, I, can I add some credence to that? Yeah. And as you know, oh. I, I've been grinding the All-22, but they did not a ton of Packers <laughs> practice. Yeah. So I haven't gotten a lot of Jordan that Love. That six minutes against yeah. that Philly. So here's the thing. 2020 draft. Number one pick, Burrow, went to the Super Bowl. Number five pick, Tua, everybody thinks is good. Well, okay. well on that. But, but, but a lot of people think he's good. Yeah. Sure. He played well. Herbert, number six pick. Yeah. Huh? Number 26 pick, Jordan Love, yeah. and then 53's Jalen Hurts was just in the Super Bowl. Sure. So if nice I drafted draft. Jordan Love, I'd be okay. sitting here like, man, two of the guys went to the Super Bowl, once Herbert, once Tua, and my guy played a mediocre game against the Chiefs two years uh, ago. Oh, listen, I tried to tell you guys that was a tough but game, I, and you guys, thought, I, you guys mocked me. I'd want to see him ago. play. Well, yeah. Oh, now you want to see him play. Well, not when they have a chance. Off, I'm going to fall off this desk. This whole thing is, is so much easier for now the Packers if they, if they acknowledge, you know what? At four and eight, we're not making the damn playoffs or Super Bowl. They almost so did. Let's play. Great. They had everything go perfectly for them, and they still fell short of just making the 14-team tournament. So I don't think this was a Super Bowl year. I think they should have used that time to play Jordan Love so they have an actual answer on, not if he's Aaron Rodgers 2.0, but can he be a capable starting quarterback in this league? Instead, they're as blind on this as Aaron is They right think now. they know. Well, According to the report, they think they know. I'm just saying, why wouldn't you trade Aaron Rodgers after his MVP season instead of giving him a ridiculous contract? Oh, agreed. Trade him at that point if you think you've got Aaron Rodgers 2.0 at a fraction of the oh, cost. Of course. But they thought they could still win the Super Bowl. That, that's why. But they butchered oh, this. I, I, I hear you, but I'm just saying, if you really felt that strongly about your young quarterback, there's other young quarterbacks that have gotten yeah, the Yeah, that was the, the first Bowl, I'd heard and that, yeah, Aaron Rodgers 2.0. I, yeah, so that, the report was full of stuff. Quickly, coaches, we have only 10 seconds to the hottest take you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> uh, can you tell if Jordan Love is the guy in practice, or do you actually need to see him in games? Quick. No, I, I don't think you, you can be certain that he's the guy. You need to see him in pressure situations. He had situations. like five weeks in like December and January when they were <laughs> you need trying to, to make You need the to see him in moments to yeah. see whether Maybe he can rise up in those moments. Okay. Yeah. Here's a take so hot from Larry Fitzgerald again. it melted the oh. rundown. Take a listen. Assuming that he does want to continue to play, you know, I know there's a lot of conversations about the Jets. And, you know, if I was Aaron, you know, that, that wouldn't be the most enticing route. Um you know, it would be something that would be a lot more controversial, like for him to go to the Dallas Cowboys or something like that, where, you know, he could be reunited with Mike McCarthy and, you know, have a, you know, a team around him that, you know, it's ready made. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Do you like this? The hot uh, take. If I were Aaron, I'd love take. it. Yeah, I mean, Why? it's an off because it's an offensive system, I know, in a, the easier of the two conferences. And, yeah, of course, for Aaron, it, it's easier than going to the Jets. The reason Mike it's, McCarthy's at the Cowboys is because Aaron Rodgers no, didn't like right. him. I, I, of course. So I if he went to the Cowboys, what do you think? 
Well, he's they not going to the Cowboys because Dak's better than him and younger than oh, him. That's he, he, so I for the Cowboys, it's an absurdity. I think what Larry was saying is where Aaron should want to go. And as far as even though he and McCarthy didn't end well, obviously, at least as you've talked about, he wouldn't have to learn a new system. They do have CeeDee Lamb. They have a good offensive line. They're in the easier conference. I get why for Aaron this would make sense. But for the Cowboys, it would make no sense whatsoever. So I, what, what are you so stunned by here, Wild? Because it's an odd story that I both love and dislike because it, it's so ridiculous. And yes, I'm kind of balanced between like, wow, this is really interesting TV fodder. Also, just totally outlandish. <laughs> so I don't know where I land on it. So, Coach, do you like, do you see Aaron Rodgers going to the Cowboys? No. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no chance whatsoever. Okay. Well, I, Why don't the Cowboys go get Mahomes? They should. They should do that. I that is not the same thing. Yes, it is. Well, I mean, that's about, under contract. That's about don't. as realistic. You don't. You think there's even a smidgen. Of a chance that Aaron Rodgers goes to the Cowboys? Aaron Rodgers is going to play for a different team next year. So any team that seems slightly unsettled or unsatisfied They're not unsettled at quarterback. Not for Aaron Rodgers. Yell at Larry Fitzgerald, not me. But you're talking about Mahomes leaving. Nick said he's going to go to the Vikings. What's the harm in making a call? What if you you're Jerry Jones, what's the harm in making a no, call? That, hey, is Mahomes available? Oh, Mahomes available. Just one of the feelers out there. Yeah, I'll give you Micah Parsons. Okay. Wow, what a trip. We are really making TV. Parsons and Dak. We are making TV now. Next, whose Super Bowl window is open? Nick and whose is closed? Yeah. Wow. Did wow. you guys say that? Wow. Micah and Dak. What about Travis and Cheryl? You paused on it. Throw Travis Kelsey in. Why are we? Oh, Micah. Welcome back to a big Monday show. We're looking at Super Bowl windows, top eight, according to Bucky Brooks. The champs at one, the Eagles at two, Bengals at three, followed by the 49ers, who don't have a quarterback, the Chargers, the Cowboys, who might have Aaron Rodgers next year, or an Larry Fitzgerald, the Bills, and the Jags. And in last place. Not in last place, in eighth place. You know what those look shockingly like? Prince who has promised. The postseason tears. Oh. They do look shockingly like that. Just as bad as the postseason So everyone thinks I'm going to talk about the Chiefs. I am not. I didn't think. Everybody knows the Chiefs Super Bowl window. Everybody knows who you're talking about. It is it, it, like like this window there. Not even that big. It, it, to be well, honest okay, with well, you. I don't, I don't. There's not a great window. That window fake. Theater of the mind. Okay. Okay. The the reason. That I ad- I will admit I advocated to have this in the show <laughs> was because I wanted to look at Chris Broussard and have this conversation Bring because you think that the Prince who was promised in the Jacksonville Jaguars are a figment of my own creation that nobody takes them seriously but me and all of this stuff and you also think the Bills <laughs> are you know the best ever. You know, back-to-back AFC semifinalists, back-to-back seventh-place finishes in the NFL. And then they come in on this list, and they are seventh, which is a nice lucky number seven for them. It's where they're comfortable. And the Jags nipping at their heels. So I'm just curious, are you ready to admit that the Bills and the Jags, the Jags, the Bills, tomato, tomato, like they one and the same? They're both, you know, they're both AFC semi-contenders. You know, bringing up the rear no. of the conti- – why? So, okay. With all due respect to my friend Bucky Yeah, Brooks, he comes on the odd couple a lot. This was not a poll of the league's GMs. This is one man's opinion, okay? Uh-huh. And I got issues with Bucky's list. Number one, San Francisco. Number four, they don't have a quarterback. They've made the they NFC Championship do not, game without and one. And Nick Bosa can get hurt, and Christian McCaffrey can get hurt, and Demo Samuel can get Everybody hurt, and George Kittle. But they get hurt a fair good amount of the time, okay? So there, I got a problem with them being number four. Okay. The Chargers? What? What have they done? Well, they had a 28 I, I lead like on the Kellen Prince. Moore Sergeant and all Bill. that, and but Lewis. we'll see. How are they? How are they higher than the Bills and Dallas? 
Dallas, their Aaron Rodgers is not walking. Who would you have? Well, what I would have Buffalo. I, the I can live with Kansas City, Philly, and Cincinnati. Even though I could argue the the second He's and third, like but Buffalo should be fourth. Why? Josh Allen's not going anywhere. Stephon Diggs isn't going anywhere. Sean McDermott's a good coach. I want to see some tweaks offensively and all that. The defense was one of the best in the league. Von Miller's. What are we back. talking about? And Von's Win. a little older, so I get that. But still. Say, again, a team that doesn't have a quarterback, a team that hadn't done anything, Dallas, 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 we know what they do. They bring their F game. They bring their F game. Dallas. And you put that. Yes. Josh, they should be fourth. I Nick. agree with you, bro. Thank you. Go, coach. Look, when you look at this list, Philly, to me, sticks out because they lost both coordinators. They've got 20 free agents, 11 of which are starters, and they haven't paid their quarterback yet. And they've got to deal with the post Super Bowl success yep. and learning how to be learning how to deal with success. As I've said, is just oftentimes as hard as learning how to deal with failure. So there's going to be some struggles. They did a great job building this team, but there's a lot of moving parts going into the offseason and moving into the future. And I'd say the 49ers. We talked about the quarterback. They also don't have a one and a three. They've got 20 free agents, and eight of those guys are starters. So there's there's more transition than just the quarterback. Worried position. about Cincinnati because they got to pay their quarterback. Well, I, they got to pay the, the reason. I, I that is an issue. I, the Chiefs are unique because they've paid the quarterback, mm. and and Buffalo has paid the quarterback, so that bumps them up. Yeah. Because they're and they living both won now. And yeah, and they're well, living not in that. Buffalo, my bad. The Chiefs <laughs> won twice. But, but, but we're talking about the whole list. Oh, yeah, it might be higher. No, 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 much higher. Sorry, go ahead. But but he they could move up. It's getting through that post-quarterback contract layer where all the other okay. parts have to be drawn from is hard. This is where this is just Bucky Brooks what? eight oh, I'm sorry, Bucky eight Brooks. pointed <laughs> list. Okay. You're sitting here like That's you won saying. another it's Super Bowl. All the GM. He's oh. so happy. Where's the confetti? Is that coming okay. out? The guns no, and all that? All right, listen, I guess I'm the only one on the stage who respects Bucky Brooks. Sorry, I Bucky. do, but you're no, like no, sitting no. here. Hey, no, with listen, your I chest like he does out. a good podcast with Daniel Jeremiah. Dusty listens to it all the time. He's like, Did you hear what Bucky Brooks Brooks said? I'm like, yeah, man, it's on the list. Uh Here's the thing. I heard Coach say why the Eagles shouldn't be on there, the Bengals, the 49ers. I heard Brew crush the Chargers and the Cowboys. I'm obviously going to support the Jags. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like there's one team with a wide open Super Bowl window. And it's the team that, uh, that what? Just want it. Wilds. You what? already brought us to Kansas City. <laughs> what? What? The day before you were going, like, guess what? Everybody should go. So me and Brew were like, we're going to go pack our bags, go out to Kansas yeah. City, watch you be serenaded as we were shivering, <laughs> as you're running around all day and all night. And then we have to come back here. Do we get any credit? What? No. no. For you just to be like, we know Blame you guys well are good. What you guys are good. Well Gosh said, darn it. What? We need more friction on the show. You better come up with a take because, <laughs> because what? Kansas City is really good isn't going to carry this show to the next level. You better come up with something. Nobody's repeated in 20 years. So okay, there we go. Now we're back. Now we're getting – because we got I'm indoctrinated, sure, I'm, Coach. I'm, yeah. We're there. We're like putting cheap 20 sweatshirts years. on. Yeah, 20 coach, old. I know you weren't here Monday. But we literally, it's not up there still, already hung the banner for going back-to-back. The question is, are they going to be the first team ever to go three in a row? Not are they going to oh, go back-to-back. Back. I remember the That's, last time we talked about oh, that. And, oh, and we came and one game away. We, it was such a bad out. year. Went 14-1, and one, got to the Super Bowl, and it had some bad luck there. Big, yeah, okay. It wasn't back-to-back. <laughs> Next, dunk contest. Welcome back to a big Monday show. Download the podcast for coaching, sports analysis, and crime solving. It's available everywhere you get your podcast. Medals time. Oh, wow. This should the be boss has gotten medal. wild. Hey, LeBron James I can't had a great dunk here around Donovan Mitchell. Then Tatum followed up with another great dunk. But he hurt his finger and didn't finish the game and lost. It's the first, first time, time losing is a Five and one. Yeah, five and one. So. Not enough to make the medal stand. All right, so bronze medal from All-Star Weekend, Mac McClung. Outstanding All-Star dunk contest by him. The best slam dunk competition showing ever by someone who looks like they're 12 years old. Silver medal. (laughs) Wilds guy, Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if he's still Wilds guy, but he could have been Wilds guy, but then he signed with the Cavs, and now Wilds still supports him, but he's kind of sad about it. 40 and 10 for Donovan. And then a gold medal. Everyone's like, ah, Jason Tatum's 55 wasn't that impressive. Guys, the record he broke was Anthony Davis's 52. 
which was the saddest 52 I've ever seen, if you remember. It was in New Orleans, where clearly going into the game, we're like, you're going to get the record. And it was, I think, 24 uncontested two-handed dunks <laughs> and then a couple little pull-ups. So I'm glad Tatum got it. And it's also nice for Tatum, this was a, a Kobe guy. And to get the Kobe Bryant trophy, I thought that was cool. There's the medal stand from All-Star Weekend. Okay. Shaq said uh, Mac McClung saved the dunk contest. He had three 50s, didn't miss a dunk. I think that helped a lot. Brew, do you agree? Well... Last year's dunk contest was so bad that you were starting to hear people talk about how they should just get rid of the dunk contest. I don't know that they would have done it. Remember, they did that decades ago. No, I don't. They stopped it. I'll try they that. did end the dunk contest for a few years and then brought it back, and it wasn't a good idea to end it. So I don't think they would have stopped doing it. But Mac McClung was fantastic, and this is what I want to see next year. I'm putting it out there now. I know he said he wouldn't be in it, but job. Ja, Ja, it's hard to be the most electrifying player in the league if you won't get in the dunk contest and you're a dunker. So I want to see Mac McClung, Ja Morant, Zion Williamson. Zion said he might get in it. And Zach Levine. Zach's still only 20. He'll be 28 Zach next Levine. month. Zach Le- He's only will only be 28 years old at that point. So I want to see Zach get in there with those guys. Um, I was a few things. One, I was surprised how many people didn't know who Mac McClung was. Yeah, because it feels like for those of us that live on the internet, we have been seeing Mac McClung yeah. highlights for as long as we've been seeing a Zion highlights. And I because he like, and Zion he were the same class, Zion, yeah. and they and they were both unbelievable in high school. Russian hoops mixtape yeah. to Georgetown, yeah. to Texas Tech, I believe, yep. to the G League, to the dunk contest. So I've been I've known Mac McClung for like ten mm-hmm. years. Yep. It feels like. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Victor Oladipo. Oh. Because Victor Oladipo did a very similar dunk a few years ago, and I felt I like it, you, it resuscitated right. it. I mentioned this earlier in the show. Now, Max was a little bit cooler. Yeah. Max so what better. I liked about this was we don't always need 100% brand-new dunks. You can just do it a little bit better or throw a little bit more pizzazz on it, yep. and it looks like a different dunk. But shout-out to Victor Oladipo for hitting this one. Brew has said this for a while. The best dunkers might not be in the NBA. Well, that's 100% true. They're not. And absolutely. so I don't understand why they wouldn't consider three non-NBA dunkers on one side of the court, three NBA dunkers on the other side of the court. The winner of each of those competitions plays each other with a million dollars cash sitting at center court, and they get it. You don't you- want to embarrass your NBA players. Because well, if they're losing, can I ask you a question? Year but would year anyone be year. embarrassed if they lost to Mac McClung? He's not really an NBA player. Yeah, I know they is, would, but he's close. No, he but was the, close. The thing is, is, they wouldn't be. They'd be losing to guys if they was a one-on-one game. It would be embarrassing. Uh, losing. I don't the guy's a professional dunker and is doing nah, insane they things. Would, they would. I rather wash just the NBA. Right, I rather just wash. have non-NBA well, that would be dunkers. Cool. Just have non-NBA dunkers, but it's don't don't have them compete against NBA players. Okay. Yeah. Um, Can't hey, coming up next, speak. We'll see you tomorrow for an excellent show and check out Nick on the herd.